Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Thanks for joining me on this podcast journey. I have another treat for you today as my friend Shanna Bauer is on the podcast. Shanna is a writer, a blogger, a warrior, and an author. She's many things, as you will find out in this interview. I had such a great time listening to Shanna talk about faith in Jesus in the midst of hardship, among many other things. And I hope you will too. Enjoy this talk with my friend Shanna. Hey, Shanna. Thanks for joining the podcast. Well, thanks really for having it. me, Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. When I was um, thinking about people to interview, you know, I just, I had you on my short list, but I wasn't sure, you know, if this will ever happen. And then I ran across one of your blog entries on Facebook around Easter, clicked on it, yeah. dove in. I think I was crying within a couple of paragraphs. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, Shanna, this is a great resource. I want to see if you'll come on the podcast. I, I think I, I don't know if I messaged you or I don't know how all that happened, but, mm-hmm. but a lot has been happening in the world, obviously with COVID-19 and the pandemic, but then even in your own home, you had, you know, a basement flood, you, repl- you know, renovations on the home. Uh, appendicitis. Appendicitis. <laughs> I mean, what has not been happening? And so mm-hmm. you you said, yeah, I'm interested, but, but you know, all these things. And, and then here we are months later and you said yes. And so I started this podcast last fall with the intention of helping people, encouraging people to go forward in the name of Jesus. And, and I came across Hebrews 11.38, which says the world was not worthy of them. And it's speaking of all these really unnamed unknown to the world, uh, believers in God. And and I think of you, and I think the world is not worthy of Shanna Bauer. Oh, My question thanks. to you, yeah, is what, what do you think of that? <laughs> I mean, it's a little overwhelming, but thank you. And, you know, I'm just, I'm so glad that you saw my post and that it meant so much to you and that you wanted to connect. It's been kind of a a long journey with writing and um, I'm just grateful that, you know, we are able to reconnect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am too. Uh, I was, you know, I think I might've told you this in an email, but I, I, um, when I last saw you down in your home, uh-huh. I remember coming in, meeting the boys, getting to hang out with, you know, your husband, my friend Jack and you and, and and I wasn't sure how long we were going to be hanging out for, but we hung out, we hung out. And then I remember you gave me, you just gave Jack and me some time and we got to hang out and, you know, he showed me the garden, which I love gardening and he showed me the house and, you know, and, and then, and then I just remember you, you just keeping me, like you just invited me to stick around longer. We sat down in the basement and we, I don't even remember what we talked about, but we just chatted for, for hours, you know, yeah. and and for me, I remember just thinking uh, the hospitality was just um, palpable. It was just tangible, um, which I guess probably all good hospitality ought to be. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I just really cherished that time, and and I really appreciate it. Now we live a couple hours away from you. We haven't seen you since we moved. I know. So. <laughs> I know. It's so sad. I'm so glad though that you guys got a chance to come down. And yeah, I know Jack has really valued your friendship for. I mean, I don't even know how long y'all have been friends. We've been married for 15 years. It was before that. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time uh, going on, a, I think, a rafting trip with Jack. Oh. And, and that's how I remember meeting him. He he showed up at the church in Austin. We were going on a trip. And I'm pretty sure I rode in the passenger seat and he drove. And we just got to know each other. And I'm thinking, who is this crazy dude who comes from North Carolina or wherever he came from? You know? Yeah. And um, yeah, anyhow, so we both love Austin. That's a really cool connection that we don't really talk about, but we both love Austin very much. Um, 
And so here we are in Colorado, though, and um, we're doing this podcast, hoping to help people and encourage people. So a couple of things, because not everybody will know you. Um, so what are some of the roles you play in life? Who are you? Who am I? I have a, a ton of roles. Um, I've been married to Jack for 15 years, so I'm a wife. I'm a mom, too. We have 11-year-old boys. You know them. Mm-hmm. And I am an environmental scientist, project manager for work for an environmental consulting firm. I am a friend, a sister. I started writing, so I'm a writer. I'm a teacher. I'm a learner, a big learner. Mm. Um, and I hope that I'm a, a helper, an encourager. That's what I try to be. Mm. When you think of learning, like what you just said, that I'm a big learner. Um, I listened to somebody say this yesterday, that leaders are learners or good leaders are learners. And so I'm curious, you didn't say leader in there, but it kind of implied in some of the right? roles. Yes. What, what are your thoughts leader. on on you being a leader? How do you lead in some of those places? I I mean, I, I definitely lead in those areas as well. And I feel like that just kind of comes naturally. It's at work. And um, of course, you know, being a mom, you have to lead there. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, definitely. I didn't say leader, but I, I definitely do see myself as a leader. And I enjoy it. I enjoy leading. I, I love mentoring people. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do in the mm. world. Hmm. Oh, why? That's, <laughs> I love, I, I love that you love that. So why? 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 Is why? That? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you like to mentor? I mean, I just love watching people grow. I love it. I mean, even in work, you know, if I am um, reviewing a report, you know, I love editing it and seeing that person's writing change over the years. I love it. Just, mm-hmm. you know, that's in a secular way, but definitely in the Christian way too. I mean, it's much more rewarding in that area. Mm. Uh, what do you think, how does that work the other way? Who Who has been influencers in your life or mentored you in life? That's a great question. I I would say I have um, a lot of friends have mentored me. A lot of um, adults. My best friend's mom, she's Linda Massengale. She is probably one of the most, I mean, she is one of the most incredible women mm. I've ever met. And mm. she helped shape who I am kind of um, in a spiritual sense. She's loves God. She loves people. And she just, she has this heart of compassion that's mm. incredible. So just watching her with her kids and with, um, and now they're adults, you know, <laughs> two of them are older than I am. And um, I I just love being around her and sucking in all of her kindness and oh. goodness. Oh, wow. I've recently been telling our church um, and you know, the more is caught than taught idea. Uh, yes. Right? And so it those things tend to be That's true. Good. Like they stick around because they're true, probably, you know. Yes. Um and so that's what it sounds like there. Mm-hmm. Were were there ever times where you or are there times where you go to Linda or your men, mentors and say, it's not even a, a watch and catch, it's a tell and catch. Like, is there any of that that happens? Or or are you saying you've just been able to soak it out of the air by just observation and, and being around these people? Does that make sense? I think a lot of it, yes, it does. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of it really is just soaking in, being around people who inspire you, people mm-hmm. who you want to be like. And mm-hmm. I think being around those kind of people, you tend to become more like them and hopefully suck up some of their spiritual energy, you know? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, you have a partner. We'll, we'll get to this a little bit later in, in the interview, but you have a partner in your blog 
and then you're writing and her name's Brooke. I don't know Brooke, but, or at least I don't think I know Brooke, but, um, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'm going to assume you're trying to soak up some of what she has. Oh yes. Can you give any shout out there? Any, any quality that you've thought, man, I, I just love that. What she brings. I mean, yeah, Brooke is, she's fierce and, but like in a really quiet and kind way. Mm -hmm. And she's physically strong. She's emotionally strong. She just, life just knocks her down and she's, she gets right back up and um, she's just kind. She accepts life as it is and she doesn't expect anyone to change it for her. And um, she loves God, even if. Uh, it's, it's great. Uh, that makes me think of my dad. Yeah? Yeah. Um, my, my dad, um, th- so I'd love your thoughts on this, okay? Because I, um, living with a dad who was sick almost my entire life, um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, stroke at a young age, left leg amputated, left arm paralyzed in a wheelchair almost my entire life until 11 years ago when he passed. Um, but the times were different when he was first sick. You know, it was, it was the 70s. Um, the technology wasn't what it is today. And so I remember as a kid, people would say, um, you know, why don't you get a prosthetic leg or something like that? And the, and he looked into it, but he had some other disorders that made it difficult at the time. Nowadays, they probably could have overcome it, you know, but at the time they didn't have that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember thinking uh, as he got older uh, that he didn't seem to waste a day wanting a leg to grow back. I know that sounds dumb because right. human legs don't grow back. But, you know, like like a lizard, you know, you lose a tail, you grow it back or some lizards, you know, and you think of my dad, I, and I just think I think he could have lived his life wanting a leg. And there's something really noble and good about that. Who doesn't want yes. your leg to function? Yes. And yet there was this other side that goes, it's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to live into the life that I have. And so I guess I'm curious, and in my opinion, in my experience in our modern world where we're fixing everything you know and and that's good i like that yes but there all there seems to often be lacking as well you know it doesn't everything doesn't get fixed this side of the grave it doesn't so i'm curious i don't know there's a question in there somewhere what what do you think of that what do you how do you balance I want a leg again, mm-hmm. but it's not here, and I don't want to waste time, you know, wanting it. To Brooke's point, she's fierce and she lives into the day. Yes, and I think the way I look at that is um, I have decided to shift my hope. It's not that I change my hope. It's that I've shifted it. Um, and... I, um, one of the other most influential people in my life was a pastor from college and he, he shaped kind of my spiritual being and he died when he was 33 in an awful Mm -hmm. electrical accident. It was about 15 years ago. Um, but after every sermon, he would say, love God, embrace beauty and live life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And he lived life out loud. I'm, I'm so grateful to have learned so much from him. And when I got sick seven years ago, I remembered his mantra. And I thought to myself, I love God, but it's not making me better. And I can't live life to the fullest because I can't do anything. And this was at the very beginning of my illness, and I was just kind of flailing. Mm. Um, but in memory of Kyle, I remembered that I could embrace beauty but Mm -hmm. I knew I would have to find it first. And at that time, beauty was really hard to come by. So I shifted my focus from getting better into finding beauty. 
And mm. I would look for beauty in everything. It was, I mean, especially things that I hated or I was frustrated about. And I called it beauty in the lime. Mm. And like, for instance, when I had to go to the bathroom um, and I was in too much pain to go upstairs, but then I realized that there was a bathroom on the level that I'm on. I embrace that beauty. It's like mm. a, the smallest, stupidest thing, but I embraced it. And mm. if I couldn't walk across a parking lot to go inside to a store, I would roll down my windows and just feel the wind on my skin mm. and embrace that beauty. Um, mm. Just so many times, like when I couldn't take care of my kids and I would have to be in bed, but then I would hear them giggling and laughing hysterically downstairs with Jack. And mm. that was a beauty. And mm. I kind of just sucked that into my soul and mm. it helped change my life. And so that's why I say to move your hope, um, mm -hmm. that you focus not on like the end goal of hope, like healing or the end of this pandemic or mm. the reconciliation or whatever it is that we're hoping for, um, to stop focusing on that end goal and shift it into, um, everyday hope and we focus on cultivating hope where we are and just getting through the day focusing on moments in front of us mm -hmm. uh, so every time I felt like I couldn't say anything nice about my life when I was really really sick I felt a nudging to find some kind of beauty mm -hmm. and it was hard but it saved my life and I feel like if we could cultivate everyday hope and find beauty then we're more able to love God and we're more able to live life to the fullest. One of the reasons why I was wanting to have you on the podcast is because when I think about encouraging people to keep going in the Lord, or as my dad would have said, go forward in the name of Jesus, there's a power in the name of Jesus or power in God that we often don't have. And my dad's, yes my dad's legless wheelchair existence, yes. um, you know, was that keep going mentality. And, but there was, there's a godliness to that. And, and so not everybody knows your story. I don't know your story that well. And, and so I just want to invite you if you're, if you're willing to, to share more about, you know, you just said finding beauty in the Lyme. Is that how you said it? Yes. So mm -hmm. Lyme disease, um, your your battle of seven years. Um, would you be willing to, to take us through that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's, I'm feeling right now, I'm feeling um, better than I have in years. And it's been a seven year battle. Um, and it started seven years ago for my birthday. Um, mm -hmm. Jack got me a gift card actually for my for three months at my favorite ballet studio. And I was so excited because ballet is my favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I was really excited to dance a lot more. Mm -hmm. But the next week I was a little bit tired and I thought, ah, I'll just, I'll skip class this week and I'll go next week. Mm -hmm. And then the next week um, I was having trouble getting up the stairs in our house and I couldn't have walked a block if I had tried, not just because of the pain, but because I kept falling asleep mm. in the middle of the floor. Um, I couldn't remember if I'd made food for our family um, or if I had done certain things with the kid. My my brain was just, it went to mush. Um, and then my body, like all of the joints in my body, especially my legs, um, they just were on fire. Mm. And it was a really terrifying time for our family. We didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> after those first couple of months, I just went to doctor after doctor trying to figure out what was going on. My labs were all normal. And, but I'm, I'm so grateful that my main doctor believed that I was sick mm -hmm. and he knew it wasn't in my head, but I know a lot of people aren't so lucky. Mm -hmm. But my doctor kept coming up with ideas for what it could be. And I was tested for every one of them. And finally, after doing research with my half-functioning brain at the time, I asked <laughs> to be tested for Lyme disease and some co-infections because I grew up on a farm in Kansas and I had been bitten by ticks, I mean, countless times in my mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So results came back positive. 
but that took a year of testing to get diagnosed. And then I started treatment. So the first three years of being sick, those were the hardest with really terrible relapses. But I was able to start recovering over the next few years with fewer relapses. So mm. right now, um, seven years later, almost, I'm coming yeah. off of a year-long relapse. Uh, it started last March. And I just talked to my doctor a couple of weeks ago, and he thinks I might actually be in remission by August. And oh. that is seven years. August to seven years. And that's mm. the number for completion in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have been praying about it since, mm. you know, year, year six happened and I was like, Oh, okay. Maybe it's seven. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I would really love to go into remission um, and be finished with the, with this illness. But, you know, I've, I've really started to treasure these seasons in my life um, of wellness. Cause right now I feel well, and so I just, I try to cling to these months um, because they're just such a bright spot that I want to, I want to just enjoy feeling good when I do. Mm. How those first three years, um, I, I've had friends experience this as well. Um, and, you know, it's doctor after doctor after doctor mm -hmm. with no diagnosis or no no understanding, more understanding. Um, how do you, how did you just keep going? Like what, like I'm sure, like you said, there were days where you're just on, on the floor. There are days where yes. you can't move. There are days where you're sleeping. There are days, but internally, mm -hmm. your your mind and your heart and your spirit how did you keep going? I mean, really, it was the little beauties, the little, I would hear my kids giggling and I would, I wanted to get better for them. I, mm. I didn't want them to go. At the time they were four when I first got sick. Mm. And I thought, you know, I remembered how young Kyle's kids were when he died. And mm. I just, I didn't, I didn't want to die yet. And I wanted to fight and I wanted to be a mom that they would remember. I wanted, and so I, I, and I wanted them to remember the good parts of me mm -hmm. um, and not just that mommy's sick. I remember overhearing the kids were <clears throat> wrestling with their daddy and I was climbing up the stairs slowly and the kids were in preschool a couple of days of the week and they were learning about disabilities mm. in their preschool. And so they asked daddy, daddy, is mommy handicapped? <laughs> because I couldn't walk at the time. And so his explanation was like, well, she's kind of for now, but she's not going to stay that way. And mm. it was just, it was hard because it was heartbreaking to know that my kids saw what was happening and didn't understand it. And I just wanted to be strong for them. And you know, that's one of the reasons that I started writing too, because I realized there was nothing left of me. You know, mm. I, I wanted them to have something to remember me by, mm. um, you know, just in case. And so when God called me to write, I felt I mean, I was hesitant about it, but I, <laughs> yeah. it, it was one of the really good things that came out of it. That I know if they were to read my writings today, they would know who I am. I'm getting um, chills and goosebumps and you don't you don't even know the fullness of it. But um, I found I found my mother's journals Oh, after, wow. after she passed, um, we had we had just buried her. Mm. We were in their house, my mom and dad's house, and I was needing to take care of some legal paperwork. And, and so I went through her drawers mm. and I found books and I have them right here. They're, um, this is the most uh, prized possession Wow. In my in the world, and it's specifically um, this piece of paper, which you would think would be better taken care of than just folded in four ways. <laughs> but um, she wrote me a letter on July 10th, 
2015, uh, oh, wow. t- two weeks before she passed. And um, mm. so I can relate. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate from the child side uh-huh. of the gift of, of written words to, from a mother. You know, even though I, I was in my 40s, it, it still mattered. And so you saying those words that you wanted your kids to know you, and this was a way for them to get to know you. Uh, I just want to commend you for doing it because it is scary, as yes. we said earlier, before we got on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But, um, but wow, the gift, that that takes a lot of strength. Um what what do you think now? We're, now that you're seven years in and you're still battling and you're praying for this full remission and your your kids know you better now and um, to give us an update. Where how is the writing coming along? How are your kids getting to know you? What's the what's the narrative in the Bauer family about mom? You know I. I feel like God's just been nudging me little by little, baby step by baby step. Um, And the last couple of years, I guess maybe the last four years, maybe, I felt like I've been awoken more by God. Mm. And um, the first part of my life, I felt very confident that, you know, science, that's the way to go. And I felt like that was my calling, you know. But after I got sick, like we were talking about, my priorities changed and they started shifting. Mm -hmm. And then after a really bad relapse that we thought might kill me, um, I felt like God was saying to write. And, and, And I think part of that is the reason why is so that my kids would know me. But I kept telling God you know, I'm not a writer. I'm a scientist, God. <laughs> Don't you know that? And he kept telling me, write, write it down, write it down, write it down. So I wrote, and then I wrote some more, and then I wrote some more, and it turned out, um, it turned into a book. And I mean, I actually love writing. Mm. And then a couple of years ago, I felt even a deeper nudge um, to go deeper into ministry. And I don't know what that means, really. I'm mm-hmm. tr- still trying to figure it out. But I know that God has grown a passion in me to lift other people up. You know, mm-hmm. he's lifted me up, even in, I mean, some really awful times. Mm-hmm. But he's calling me to Isaiah 61. And that's mm-hmm. to bind up the brokenhearted and provide for those who grieve mm-hmm. and to help people turn ashes into beauty like he's done for me. And mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to do that gets me up in the morning. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I hope that the kids see that. Um, over all of the, pick up your clothes, <laughs> <laughs> talking, you know, Move I the hoverboard. Scared, but <laughs> I'm still their mom. <laughs> yeah, I hear, I often hear people, famous people say, um, you know, at home, the kids don't care that I'm famous. <laughs> so it's like, you can write all the books you want. And at the end of the day, the kids oh, just, yeah. you know, they're like, yeah, mom, just quit telling me to pick up laundry. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's or awesome. Be safe. That's the one they hate. Ugh, mom, be safe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, so any advice you have for people that are listening here on, in terms of if, if you're if they're battling, if they're in the first three years, if they're in the last four years of your story, if if they're trying to figure out how to obey God, like what's what's the um, any advice you want to offer? And there's more to come. I want to hear more on some other things, but yeah, know. yes. Um, there's, I mean, find find the little beauties. I would say. Um, and it's hard to know um, you know I feel like when you're when you're in the thick of it, you know, there's not a lot that you can do. So I feel like the only thing I felt like the only thing that I could do because I was stuck in a bed or on a couch 
I couldn't do anything except find beauty. Mm. And when you get healthy or when you get uh, to be able to expand, <laughs> then you can do more. But, you know, for me, it's been about obedience and the little things. Mm. And that I'm hoping that that will lead to the bigger things. But, you know, it was God said to write. And so I write. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's not a roadmap into getting better. And there's not a roadmap into, you know, pursuing your calling. I don't think. I mean, maybe mm. there is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but uh, it's been about obedience in the next steps. And mm. so um, God said to write. And so I write. And um, when I started writing the book, she said, write with Brooke. And um, so I started writing with Brooke. And then God said to start sharing. And so I started a blog. And that was, I mean, that was hard. Mm-hmm. I said, no way, God, mm-hmm. I don't share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was telling him how nuts he was. But at the same time that I was fighting God on that, I was also learning how to start a website and um, publish my first post. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't love sharing, but I obeyed. And I feel like he's in charge of all of our next steps. Mm. And that's what it's all about, getting better and growing and going into your passions. And it's baby steps of obedience to wherever God is leading us. Um, Mm. And, you know, I don't I don't know that he's going to give me the big picture. But and I think maybe the big picture would overwhelm some of us if we knew, Mm -hmm. Okay, well, this is what I'm going to go into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But for now, I think it's about listening and obeying to the obeying the next steps. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of how you just keep going and how you keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. How do you hear from God? I hear from God. I mean, usually when I hear from God, I'm alone and I'm watching the stars or mm. sitting in nature. The stars, there's something about the stars, maybe because they're, it's just so huge and you get to kind of understand the nature of God a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a go-to of mine. And I, I just, I love sitting outside and talking to God and just kind of having a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. But then worship too. Um, if I'm a little bit overwhelmed if I'm a lot overwhelmed, <laughs> just turn on worship music and let the music do the work. And mm. and sometimes it can say more than you're able to. Mm. And those are, I mean, those things clear my head so that I can hear his voice. Mm. So when he told you, write, what was it? Write it down? Yep. Write it down. Write it down. Mm-hmm. What, where did, can I ask where? Where were you? What were you doing? Were your eyes at the heavens? Was it a dark sky? Was it a bright blue day? What? No. <laughs> at that time, actually, I was in my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really able to get outside a lot. And I didn't. And I was, you know, too sick that the cold would affect me. And so I really couldn't sit outside a lot at the time unless it was summer. Mm-hmm. So I heard it in my bed. It was dark. Um, and sometimes those are the best conversations too. <laughs> um, but just, um, yeah, just hearing from him, it was quiet and I was alone. Mm-hmm. How long did it take for you to write the, after he spoke that to you? Hmm. Um, I think I started writing pretty shortly afterwards, um, as soon as I could, you know, get up and get to my computer. And, um, and I, and I didn't write all the time, but I did feel like every now and then I would just get this feeling of, you've got to write this. Mm -hmm. And so this, whatever that was, I would write. And, um, and those little tiny, I mean, they were just a couple pages each. Um, 
And then it's it's really nuts how I kept writing these little things and they turned into kind of a story. Mm-hmm. And it it just kind of fell into a book. I don't mm-hmm. even I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can I ask about the book? Because um, you've mentioned it a few times, and it, and even as we talked prior to the podcast, you know, I know you're writing a book, but I'm writing a book, and they're very different books. It sounds like so. What um, what is what is your book? Is it a like you just mentioned? It's a story. Is it is it fiction, nonfiction? Is it uh, a journal? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Those are details that mm-hmm. you need. Yes. No, it's it's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, going slow because there's two people who have um, chronic conditions. Um, and I didn't I didn't even know it was going to be a book for the longest time. And I didn't know what it was going to be or what I should do it for. But for the longest time, I prayed. Once I felt like I was finished with my part, I was praying and I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? And I felt like God was saying community. Mm, mm. And I, I was like, hey, God, books aren't done in community. <laughs> so I have no idea what you're talking about. But later, my friend Brooke came to mind. Um, mm. A vision of her kind of formed in my mind. And I thought, you know, maybe books can be written in community. Mm. So I asked her to finish writing with me. And she agreed. And mm. Brooke was my accountability partner back in Austin. We met about 10 years ago. And um, about seven years ago she got sick too right before I did Mm. but instead of Lyme disease she has brain cancer Mm. and she actually just started another round of radiation and chemo about six weeks ago Mm. and yesterday finished her last radiation session so wow hallelujah (laughs) I'm sure she'll watch this that's amazing Uh, she's incredible um so she is one of the most inspiring people I've ever met. And I mean, even before brain cancer, we just clicked on a deep level immediately. Mm. And she's kind and she's generous and she's fierce. And I mean, you have to be fierce to fight brain cancer. Mm-hmm. But about a year and a half ago, we reconnected and we started sharing stories of our journeys into healing mm. and how chronic pain has changed us. Mm. And um, while our stories and experiences are very, very different, we share the the same united heart in moving forward with our lives. And we want to be an example of walking and living in victory before we re- achieve the victory. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, and that's something that she says a lot too. And we mm. want to encourage people to find beauty, even in the darkest nights. Mm. And we want to create healthy community to go through dark times together, not mm. in isolation, um, mm. because it's so easy to get isolated when we're sick. Um, so the book we're writing is called Finding Beauty, An Unholy Guide to Surviving the Winter. And it's, it's an unholy guide. guide. Unholy okay, guide, it. yes. Because I love that. at some point you just gotta let go of the pretense <laughs> and and do That's what great. you gotta do. That's great. Um, but it's a devotional guide, kind of. Um, leading from metaphor- metaphorical winter into spring and finally summer. Oh. And it covers tops like grief. Um and regret in winter and then community and anxiety and setbacks in spring and then it moves forward into summer where there's hope and um, moving forward and how to do that mm-hmm. so I've written most of it so far but Brooke's gonna keep writing as soon as she's able to mm-hmm. um, but in the meantime I've been posting to our blog finding beauty for life and mm-hmm. just trying to figure out how to start our community um, mm-hmm. so it's been slow, but we both feel like God is calling us to help, you know, those who are suffering. Mm. Do you, um, are you guys self-publishing or are you going with the publisher or how are you doing it? You know, I've talked to a couple um, and we have a publisher who, I mean, it's kind of amazing. He, um he read it. He said, this is really good. I think this is a valuable book. And um, he sent us a contract. He was like, you're less than 3% of people that we hear from. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but then, 
you know, we're, we just have to put everything on hold for now and we're going to come back to it as soon as we can. So just to get Brookie some healing. Okay. That's a big deal though. Like, yeah, uh, yeah we're with our book, we're going self-published, but I haven't even shopped it to publishers because I feel like I'm in the 97%. <laughs> it is overwhelming. I it mean, really you know, is. writing the proposal and yeah. is a terrifying process. <laughs> it really is. And having doing it all my on my own yeah. is is also terrifying in its own way because there's just so many decisions mm-hmm. and lots of ducks you need to get in a row and so I feel for you but what congratulations that's a thank you that's a big deal yeah it's exciting mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> excuse me and I told you I've been reading your blog and we'll link to that in the show notes uh you know out where people can find you but I've been reading your blog and it's everybody go out and read uh finding yeah. beauty for life go to dot com because it's it's really really good um thank you yeah, so if the book's going to be like the blog, you got well, at least you will have many purchases, I I pray, because it'll bless many people. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of speaking of devotionals, um, and you might have said this earlier in, in different ways, but what are some of the habits, you know, of, of staying close to Jesus? Because... Again, when I think about going forward in the name of Jesus, there's a daily step after step after step. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned obedience in the small things. And, and and you know, it, some days are just that. It's hour to hour. And then sometimes months pass by and you go, oh, I'm still kind of here, you know, in the Lord. What, what, what are some of your habits that kind of keep you going? Yeah. Um, you know, making sure that I spend time with God is a big one. And uh, for me, I have to find that space where I can quiet my mind and where I can silence everything else and just sit and be with God and talk to him like he's sitting next to me. And getting into that space is essential, but it it is hard because, you know, I don't have a ton of alone time. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. especially with COVID, we're we're all working from home Mm -hmm. and nobody leaves. You know, it used to be the kids would go to school, Jack would go to work and there I have the whole house to myself. So mm-hmm. yes, I work from home, but I also am alone. So I have more alone time. So mm-hmm. I was more able to get into that space. But um, I think, you know, going outside, just, you know, even just opening the door and putting my face outside, if it's freezing cold, mm-hmm. just to feel something, mm-hmm. it it helps, I think, ground me and and it, it gets me so that I'm more able to get into that spot. But, you know, reading the Bible, of course, is another one. But I feel like, you know, it's obviously always the same, but it's different every time you pick it up. If you read a book one year, it'll be different the next year mm-hmm. or the next month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I feel like staying, keeping reading. I mean, even if, you know, there are some days I was too sick to really read anything so I would just read the verse of the day mm-hmm. and that was just something you know and it it was just a little bit of light you know finding just a little bit of light um really making sure that I find that light mm-hmm. um has become a habit and finding beauty I think that's a that's a habit that we want to cultivate in our community is mm-hmm. to 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 make it a habit. And when awful things are happening, you're like, there's nothing good about this. <laughs> and and that literally, when I was thinking those things, that's when I, I got a nudge and I was like, okay, you have to say something nice about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I, and it wasn't fake. It's not to be fake and to pretend that everything's good when it's not, because that's, that's not what it's about at all. Mm-hmm. But it's more about, adding beauty to a really ugly place you and reading your blog okay and then talking with you and even in this interview that that's one of the tensions i think you're doing well from my perspective it's it's the you're not ignoring the pain you're not you don't seem to be ignoring 
the the trauma, the difficulty, you're acknowledging that. Oh yeah. Um, and and yet there's still that finding beauty, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm curious because because listeners are going to be all over the map on that. Some are going to be given over to the pain. Some are going to be ignoring the pain and just pressing on. And and I I'm one that believes in 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 the Christian life. And most of us listening will be Christians. But you know, in the Christian life, we're in this in between. Every day is is seems to be both beauty and pain. Yeah. difficulty and and triumph and that's just how it goes like it just seems like that is how life is lived um yes. so i'm curious like what are some of your secrets like what how are you you not just me or not the world at large but how do you wa- walk that and navigate that without being a fake because there will be people that read your blog or read your book or listen to this podcast and say, ah, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of faking it. And there will be some that go, she just ignores, but I, I don't get that sense at all. And I would assume you don't have that belief. So uh, yeah. yeah. What's, what's your secret, Shanna? How do you, how do you I know, that? I know. I think, I think being authentic has always been uh, I mean, something that I've always um, thought is, really important in life and you know I have a really good therapist too so help she helps me process all of it in a healthy way so I feel like this is something that I I mean I feel like everybody should have one but I realize they're really expensive um we spend a lot of money on (laughs) on medical stuff and that's just the way it is and it's okay Mm um and I think for me you know, gratitude, which is kind of what finding beauty is about, it, it changes your heart. And and I, I, I don't think that I avoid or ignore pain. Um, and I don't want it to seem like, um, like, like I dismiss anyone's pain either, because it's real. It's really real. And it's awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know from firsthand experience. But I also know that God is good. Mm. And, you know, I know that God is with us and he's he's not just with us, but um, inside of us. And I think that Mm -hmm. gives us the power to be broken and whole at the same time. Like Mm -hmm. it it kind of mends us. A little bit. So like we don't have to keep ourselves together because he's inside of us and he's uh, us together. Yeah. Um, because we can't, you know, we can't hold ourselves together because, you know, we are broken people as a people, you know, mm-hmm. there's not a single person that hasn't endured some kind of trauma, mm-hmm. um, whether it's little T or big T, big T. But, mm. um, you know, I think recognizing that God is with us and for us that's, I don't know, that's maybe how I do it. Mm, That's really good. (laughs) I think of Colossians comes to mind where Jesus is above all things, before all things, he holds all things together. And I always think of the cosmos when you were talking about the sky Uh, earlier, I think of the cosmos, but, but you just took it from the stars to the inside Yes, of every and person. that's what he does. Yeah. yeah, like like holding, like literally holding you together, me together, because because we all just would fall apart. Um, that's whew, that's good. I at least that's what I that's where I went in my head and my heart when you said that. Um, I want to I want to talk to you about a couple of your blog entries. Okay. And um, and um, because uh, I haven't read all of them, but. You know, I've scanned a few here and there. And your one on ojala, the Spanish word, um, uh, really spoke to me. I, I, this is this is what I wrote, if I could read this to you. Sure. Uh, let's see. Well, actually, I want to read what you wrote. Then I want you to explain it, if you will. But it, it did really speak to me uh, because of my family and my heritage. Um but when you said it is found in this word, 
or the concept or the idea is found in Job and the Psalms numerous times, but is literally translated whom or who, but also means, oh, that, or if only. I started crying when I read if only. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, you said, right, so not a direct translation to hope at all, huh? Ohala means hope. Um, but But you said, right? So not a direct translation to hope at all, huh? The Hebrew word followed by the imperfect in this case implies a wish or desire that would be expressed if a person or context were present. Well, that's interesting. That's what you wrote. And that really spoke to me. And I'm curious. You've said it all there in one sense, but can you just dig in a little bit with us to say, that if only, that that um, impl- that wish, that desire for a person or context to be present. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more for us? Um, yeah. So that's my word for the year. I get word. I pray to God for it every year. Um, and. I kind of can nerd out a little bit on it, trying to figure out translations of everything. Um, But yeah, Ohala really spoke to me because it is, it's not just like, it's not a flippant Mm -hmm. kind of hope. Like it's a really, um, it's a deep kind of hope, but you recognize that it's not in your hands. That like, mm-hmm. gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if, mm-hmm. um, but that it it's, there's nothing you can do to control it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think having that hope and, and I don't want to say letting go of that hope um, because I don't want people to infer that I actually mean letting go of it, but maybe not clinging to it. And recognizing that um, somebody else has to fulfill it for you. And, you know, there's some things that you can fulfill your own hope, for sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so many things that I have a hope that I'm going to finish my bachelor's degree or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's some hope that it's a really deep hope. You know, I know some people hope they get married or they have kids or they're healed. Um, Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuff, in a way, it is up to us, you know, to become healthy people so that we can be in a relationship and Mm -hmm. um, become healthy so that our bodies can heal. So there there are steps that we take, but there are also steps that are outside of our control. And Mm -hmm. God is, you know, I mean, you and I believe it, um, Mm -hmm. but I I do believe that um, it is up to God. And not that like if I'm not healed, that somehow God failed me. Mm. And 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 I think that's really important too, because I think a lot of times we have this hope and it's a con like our our love of God is conditioned on that hope. And I think ojala is mm. you let go of that condition. And and like I'm gonna love you, God, even if. Yeah. Yeah, it it took me, um, you said more things here, ohala is high and lofty, but it is without an anchor, making it a bit scarier to rest in. And you're using these metaphors of lighthouses and, and boats and rafts and things. But um, it, it made me think of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. It made me think of Daniel and the lion's den. It made me think of those stories where I... Yeah, of course, they hoped they would not be burned in the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but Lord, but but King Nebuchadnezzar, even if we're not saved, oh, hala. Oh, hala. yes. <laughs> you know, if he does not rescue us, he can and he will. But if he doesn't, then that is his prerogative. And mm-hmm. so be it, if you will. And I... That's what it maybe that's where it took me when I read your your uh, blog entry. It took me to those types of stories of going, 
I mean, you said it, it's outside of ourselves and yet we're still, we're letting go, but we're not letting go. We're clinging, but we're not clinging. And it's this, mm-hmm. but to me, here's, here's what came to mind. It seems like we're clinging to the person, not yes. to the outcome. Yes. Yes. D- does he take us through? Well, who knows? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah. If it will, if he wills. Yes. And I just, man, you, that blog entry is fantastic. And one last piece of why, because I'm, I want you to hear this from me. I guess there's a lot of people that are going to experience this. But in my mom's letter, um, when she called me, I was actually here in Colorado, and she was down in Texas. And when she called me to tell me she had stage four cancer, mm-hmm. and the doctor said it was there was no hope, she, on the phone... And you don't, you didn't know my mom, but picture a little hunched over Hispanic woman at that time in a, in a wheelchair herself. And she, she said, well, you know what they say, Sonny, hope is the last thing to go. And I was on the phone and I was on the phone and I, I didn't say this thankfully, but I said, it, I th- thought it to myself. I, I thought, who is they? Right. My mom is just making these random statements. They say, <laughs> well, who's they? Uh, hope's the last thing to go. I've always heard the medical community say your hearing's the last thing to go. So hope, that makes zero sense to me, mom. But but what I told her, I didn't say those words. I thought them. What I said was, that's good, mom. Hold on to that. Okay. Fast forward three months and she passed. And in that process... I couldn't let go of that statement. I just couldn't let it go. I kept thinking, what does she mean? What is what is she talking about? And then she wrote me, I believe that hope is the last thing to go. And if the physicians say there is no hope for me, they are wrong. Mm-hmm. I have hope in things to come and in God's promises. And then she died two weeks later. And, and to me, I came to realize she was right. Um, that hope for for the Christian is the last thing to go because nobody hopes for what they do not already possess. And so that, that split millisecond fraction of the tiniest second in the universe from death to life crosses from wanting to fully receiving it, you know, and you, you wrote this earlier that we already possess eternal life, but yet we all know there's this, lacking in this temporal state tension yes that tension yeah and so for her that tension of moving from this this side of eternal life to that side of eternal life that i think hope's the last thing i think it's like it becomes reality hope Mm -hmm. becomes reality in that split second of a fraction of a second of a fraction of a second and um and so anyhow when i when you wrote those words ohala that that's what it made me think of. I thought, I have I've come to believe my mom was right. I've, ohala, yes, of course. Like hope in the one to come, hope in the one who's overcome, hope in not all the things being right, though. Hopefully that too, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyhow, I wanted to pass that on to you and just say, um, what a blessing. Thank you for for writing that blog entry for the Lord leading you to do that and for you obeying and, and writing it. Thank you. Yeah. It's a complicated kind of hope. Oh, Hala. It sure is. But I really, I mean, it's, that's how I grew up. It speaks to me quite a bit. Okay. One last blog entry you talked about, and I don't remember the title, but you talked about finding a song or, um, Oh, yeah, yes. I think it's the recent blog entry. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that recently, um, I, well, this year has been hard for my personal life in 2020. We won't get into it here today. But um, but I want you to know that uh, I think it was two weeks ago, I woke up, I was brushing my teeth, and a song came to me. And you talked about in your blog entry, a song can be the, the wind or 
sunlight on your face or sometimes it is an actual song and in this case for me it was a song i um i was brushing my teeth and i started humming a song that i grew up singing as a kid in my southern baptist church uh we always had people walk walk the aisle if they were going to profess faith in jesus christ and i never liked the song as a kid because we would sing it like five or six times hoping maybe somebody will walk the aisle. <laughs> it was awful. The brain of a child. Yeah, I remember looking around going, we're the same 50 people. Like, who's going to walk the aisle today? Like, nobody. <laughs> but here we are singing this song, and it's um, it was that old hymn. I think it's called maybe No Turning, or I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so I started was brushing my teeth, and I was and and so I'm humming and then I sort I you know finished brushing my teeth and then I'm singing the song and it came to the line though none go with me still I will follow and uh, that just spoke to me that day because it was going through such a difficult day ahead mm -hmm. and I felt like the Lord brought a beauty into my life through that song that really actually girded me up and strengthened me for the task of the day, which was to say, if if I'm the only one that has to go down this path, Lord, I choose to follow by your mm -hmm. grace and by your strength. And so again, that blog entry just spoke a lot to me and I, I appreciated you writing That's it. I'm so glad. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. So glad. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things as we wrap up. Um, I'm curious, as you know, I've told you, my dad, after becoming a Christian later in life, used to always tell me, every time we parted ways, son, go forward in the name of Jesus. And it became a blessing to me as I got older that I, I thought, oh, man, yeah, like not in my own strength, not for my own purposes, but for his purposes and, and his strength. And so I want to ask you if you have any kind of final encouragements for people listening to the podcast of how to go forward in the name of Jesus. And then I would love for you to tell us how we can find you on social media or, you know, is there any place we could follow along with the book or anything like that that you want to point us to? And we'll put all of that in the show notes so people can find okay. you. Sure. Well, final encouragement, I would say to look for beauty even if it seems like there's not any to be found because it is everywhere. I mean, it's going to be smaller maybe sometimes, but it's there. And to listen for whispers. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like God doesn't usually, at least for me, speak in very loud voice. Mm -hmm. um, but listen for whispers from God to tell you which direction to go. Um, and obey in the little things. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And everybody hates that word obedience. And mm -hmm. I don't like it either, but when you obey, the little things tend to turn into big things. Mm. And um, I think most importantly, underneath everything, um, know that God is with you and that he's for you and that he wants the best for you, even if it seems like your whole world is falling apart. Every step of the way, he doesn't leave your side. Um, mm. Even when he feels distant, he's not because mm. he's living inside of us. And we have all of his power and all of his love and all of his grace and all of his strength. It's all inside of us. Mm. And he wants us to make that strength our own um, and to make his mm. love and his power complete inside of us. Um, mm. You know, Brooke and I, we are praying that seven years is it for us. Mm-hmm. Um, that we would be healed. I mean, it's both seven for both of us. And mm. um, we are praying that this season of illness would be complete. But even if it's not, we want to live victoriously. Mm. Um, and understanding the power that lives within us through the Holy Spirit gives us the strength to find the beauty even in a relapse. You know, mm. and it, it's possible. It's really, really difficult, but it is yeah. possible. Yeah. And I just want to encourage people that, it may look really dark and it is, you know, probably really dark, but there's still goodness and there's still light and to seek the Holy spirit and rely on him mm. and feel his presence within you and around you. Um, because he really does want to give us everything that he's got. Wow. So, 
that's I guess my final word. <laughs> and then, yeah, if people want to find us, um, we do have a Facebook page called Finding Beauty. It's probably facebook.com slash finding beauty for life. Mm-hmm. And our website is findingbeautyforlife.com. And we have an Instagram account that we have not posted a single thing to. I don't think. Maybe we did once. There's I don't know. one. There's one okay. post I followed you this morning. <laughs> uh, but it's also finding beauty for life. Um, but those are the best ways to reach us. And we are working on growing it. And it is something that, you know, we want to grow our community and um, just, you know, be a light. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you... Um, there's on this podcast there is something really um um what's the word i'm looking for you you're um i think you've drawn me in and your kindness and the this has just been relaxing to me okay there's something about (laughs) the way you interact that it just kind of goes Ah, that's comfortable. I like <laughs> And so uh, I hope all of you that are going to watch and listen um, get to know Shanna better and, yeah, follow the blog, check out the book when it comes, um, follow Finding Beauty for Life, anywhere you can find it on social media. <laughs> and, and and just know that, at least in this conversation, I've I'm just, I, yeah, I just feel so relaxed. This is so good. I can feel like we can just keep going, but we're going to end this so we don't, <laughs> I don't keep you forever. So um, can I pray for you? Yeah. Great. Definitely. Thank you. Yeah. Well, wasn't that a great time? Make sure to subscribe to their Facebook page and blog. You will be encouraged as often as you read her writing. I look forward to reading more of what Shanna is writing and definitely look forward to that book coming out sometime soon. I know she's just really trying to encourage so many of us to keep going. And thanks to you for joining me on my podcast again today. If you like what you're hearing, would you please leave a rating or review? I know everybody asks for that, but I, I want to ask you to consider doing that. It'll help out the podcast and help us uh, reach more people. And also, would you subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening or watching? So thanks for taking time to listen and or watch today on YouTube. Until next time, go forward in the name of Jesus.